They are ambitious. They are supporters. They are hustlers. They champion other women. They are boss babes. The Ottawa Valley is full of boss babes, and I'm here to tell you who they are. The Ottawa Valley Tourist Association is the destination marketing organization for Renfrew County and is responsible for promoting the area as a tourism destination to both local residents and outside markets. Working with tourism operators, municipalities, and community organizations, the Ottawa Valley Tourist Association promotes, creates, and develops tourism experiences and activities from across Renfrew County, the City of Pembroke, and Upper Ottawa Valley. In addition to marketing efforts, they also offer support and assistance to the local tourism sector, including training and business development, workforce recruitment, and networking opportunities. The Ottawa Valley Tourist Association is the voice of tourism in Renfrew County and represents the interests of the tourism sector at the regional, provincial, and federal levels. If you are a tourism business or event, or a supplier who services the tourism industry, consider joining the Ottawa Valley Tourist Association's tourism family. Membership is free, and benefits begin as soon as you join. For more information, visit ottawavalley.travel forward slash join. Hello, 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 and welcome to the OB Boss Babes podcast. There's this pretty yellow cottage-like building on Petawawa Boulevard with a pretty display of seasonal gifts, signs, and home decor. Whether you're a visitor, passing by, a longtime local, or you just got posted here, it's a country store you absolutely need to check out. And immediately as you step inside, you're greeted by a warm and friendly smile and are overwhelmed, but in awe of the variety of gifts, home items, candles, and stars, which now you know where all these homes in Petawawa got them from. With over 18,000 followers on Facebook, hundreds of positive reviews, and a well-loved gift shop that's been around for over 25 years, and with the owner being a prominent presence in the community, please welcome Cheryl Jordan, owner of The Country Cupboard in Petawawa. Hello, Holly. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it very much. I'm very honored to be on your podcast today amongst all the other women entrepreneurs in the Ottawa Valley. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Cheryl, for being here. And let's get right into it. Let's get to know you. So you're originally from Petawawa, but you're a military spouse and you've lived all over before returning back to the Ottawa Valley. So tell us a little about yourself. I want to know where you've all lived and what made you and your husband want to return to the Ottawa Valley? So yes, I'm originally from Petawawa. I met my husband who is from Newfoundland. Uh, here in Petawawa as a young military soldier. Our first posting, we went to uh, Greenwood, Nova Scotia, and uh, we were there for about six years. Uh, we then got posted to Ottawa, which was closer for home for me. Um, then back to Greenwood, Nova Scotia, actually. Uh, and then uh, we had an opportunity to come back to Petawawa, which is again, where my family is from in my community. And so um, we took that opportunity and came back. And so uh, we've been back, yeah, 26 years that we've been back home. And I mean, right when you got back home, you opened the country cupboards doors in 1996. But what were you doing beforehand? So I was a social worker and I was supervised group homes for people with a developmental disability. So each time I followed my spouse again, it was like starting all over again. Generally, um, military, when they get posted, they usually have uh, an increase in rank. And uh, for a military spouse like myself, I was now leaving 
uh, a position and now having to start back over at the bottom. So basically, uh, when we came back to Petawawa, it was during a period of time where um, there was it was there wasn't a lot of positions available. And so I had to think outside the box and think what else is it that I feel I have somewhat of a talent for and I've always been a big crafter and a decorative painter. And so that's what brought up the idea of maybe opening a craft store and teaching painting. <laughs> yeah. So, so then mm -hmm. what made you ultimately decide to go full-time in your business and get away from the developmental services, uh, not industry, but the developmental services field. The health, yeah. Um, to be honest with you, it wasn't something that I, I actually was going to do. Like when we got posted back here, I think what happened was, um, like I said, it was difficult. I was finding because I had a lot of um, um, basically supervisory experience because of my my um, previous positions uh, supervising homes. When I got here, I think to be honest with you, I was a little overqualified for some of the positions. And as a mill spouse, a lot of uh, our military spouses go through the same thing, where they get posted and they can't find a position in their field because of that. And that's sort of where the difficulty was. Um, so I, I felt like I had to really uh, look at something else. So um, I actually, what happened was um, I took a, a decorative class, a painting class, it was at the Civic Center. And there was like probably 50 people there and they had two people teaching. And I ended up teaching because I had experience in that myself the people around me and here I was paying to go to these classes, but I was actually teaching people around me. And so that's sort of, I really enjoyed it. And I thought perhaps maybe that's something I could do. Um, but I didn't think that having just painting classes in that house would actually be enough. And that's why I also uh, at, was uh, selling crafts at the time. And this was before, uh, you know, the dollar stores and Michael's and those sort of stores were around. So I started actually selling crafts and then opened the, a little bit of home decor at that time. So a little bit of everything. Yeah, you were doing that from 1996 to 2002. And I mean, when you say before Michael's and before craft stores, you know, like, <laughs> like Dollarama too, where you can now get crafts, like that was it. Like you couldn't find craft supplies and stuff anywhere else. And I mean, and it's funny that the country cupboard wasn't necessarily meant to be a home decor and handmade craft store either, but like the decorative painting and hosting international artists. So can you kind of talk a little bit about that and why exactly you got into that? So what ended up happening is, uh, like I said, there, I, I recognized that there was a need for, um, because there was a lot of people, military spouses included in, and there really wasn't a lot to do to like, you know, so what I said, decided to do was teach these classes. Um, I hired two other military spouses at the time who were very, very talented artists who I had come across and knew that they would be great as teachers as well. And so we started uh, basically teaching. Um, but what ended up happening is we were teaching them and they, be my, our, um, our, clients and customers became as good as painters as us, which is because we were great teachers. But on the other hand, um, we got, we all got to a point where we needed to learn more. And that's when I reached out to some international painters and got started getting them to come here to our studio and to, um, 
uh, to teach us more. So that's how that all happened just because of the need that we needed to learn more ourselves. Yeah, that's so interesting, especially that you had to like step up your game to develop more. And I mean, it's funny that you say that too, Cheryl, that I'm thinking now, you probably taught so many women that are in the Ottawa Valley that have now like started their own entrepreneurial home businesses, like selling um, handmade signs and wreaths and can't like they, you probably taught them all the tricks and things to learn. Um, but what made you want to switch over to becoming solely home decoring and, and a gift store? Believe it or not, this is kind of crazy, but I ended up uh, starting to uh, go to some large uh, craft shows. Uh, uh, we started developing and designing all of a lot of our own product. And we started going to these big craft shows in Toronto. And uh, that's when the actual um, craft markets started opening up. Uh, and we ended up becoming going in markets in, in Toronto, in Belleville. Uh, we were in a market in Ottawa. And so we started um, having to fill these stores with all of our own product that we designed. And it just took off and we would go to a, a, believe it or not, we would go to a craft show and be, when, once we got known, we wouldn't even have things out of the boxes and people were just grabbing things and lined up. It was kind of crazy times and people were just loving everything we made. So we just were just really busy. And so our, because we had kind of um, basically taught everyone everything we knew, it was just another angle that we went into um, and it took off in a sort of a different journey for us and that's basically so it ended up becoming mostly all um mostly local and home decor and all handmade and eventually it has gone to more um we've gone into more home decor but i also have local artists that make things for me right now i have uh, my woodcutter of over 20 years is still making all the wood cabinets and shelves and you know, whatever it is that people are looking for. So we're, we're still doing that, um, but we're not in the markets anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah. speaking of the markets though, Cheryl, because I do remember seeing you all the time at all the holiday and vendor markets and my mom, I'm going to give her a shout out, Linda Tenian, always a huge supporter of the country. Well, I know your mom. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. Oh my God. That's exciting. Yeah. Small world. <laughs> She's a lovely lady, a very lovely lady. Yeah, yeah. Well, she, I mean, but she would always go, whether it was like the craft shows and we always saw you there, like housing, like all of the stuff that you could see at country covered. And I always thought, I always wondered that, you know, why were you at all these craft shows when you had it already at your store? But I mean, you really just wanted to get, I guess your name out there or, or why was it? I shouldn't really assume. Yeah. So basically what I always did for these shows is I showcased new product there. So I wanted to make it exciting for um, my customers. And I know it also helped out all the other um, you know, mom and pop ones, you know, that were making different things at the show. Like uh, it was always a big draw for them. So we would make stuff and it would always be, and I would always showcase it there. I always say all our new stuff, we're going to be there. So it would drive all that traffic to come see us, but they would also go to all these other entrepreneurs that were there. And it just really, really worked really, really well. And I still do that. The only show I really do now is the Chris Pringle market, which is and I'm on the board of that, um, that for the show. And that's just a wonderful family show as well. And I still do the same thing after all these years. I still put all my new product there. I still showcase that. And it's just a great place to see all of our customers. Uh, we also 
usually garner a lot of new customers that way who, who haven't seen us as well. So, and it's fun. It's a fun thing to do. Yeah, it, it, it is yeah. fun. And that's one thing I think that we really miss the most, you know, we're attending the vendor and, and uh, holiday markets and the craft shows. And that's one thing that I kind of want to lead into this next segment is the pandemic, because not only did it affect small local businesses, but it has also affected all of these in-person markets um, for these small local businesses to showcase and sell their products. So how did this specifically affect your business and how did the community support you during not one, but two lockdowns? Well, oh, it's been like, it, it honestly has been a, a long journey for us as well. I think the fact that we, um, we are strong and we've been around for 25 years, we have the customer base that has really, really been great. But what has really opened it up to us for us too is the social media, our Facebook page, and uh, our Facebook page has just uh, really kept us uh, afloat and has been a big supporter of that, whether it's um, our customers, we ship across Canada. So our customers who could, like some customers we have, have lived in Petawawa have, and been posted at other places and we all ship to them. So, and then they'll, you know, share with their friends. So it's really opened it up. Uh, locally as well, we did porch pickup, uh, we did some local delivery, uh, you know, we've just tried to do whatever it is that uh, our customers really want, so that we can actually, you know, keep them happy during this period of time too, of uncertainty. So, yeah. Well, I mean, Cheryl, like many business, like you said, have jumped into the online space after COVID hit, creating social media pages on Facebook and Instagram. If they weren't already on there, as well as having a reliable e-commerce platform. And you were ahead of the game in terms of having your social media pages, as well as showcasing your products online. Like you're taking pictures constantly. You're constantly showing what is all in your shop, which I don't even understand how you do that because there are like your, your store is plugged with items. Um, mm -hmm. But you, I have to bring it up because you didn't create and you still don't have a website. So may I ask, why was that? And do you ever plan on getting one? So to be honest with you, I probably have had three attempts over the years um, for getting a website. Um, and the first two experiences, honestly, were not good. Uh, the person that helped, I, you know, they kind of moved on and moved somewhere and, you know, really honestly didn't fulfill what they had said they were going to do. And in, and in, in, to be honest with you, in, uh, in business, we have these ups and downs that we have. Um, and now more lately, I do have someone who's, uh, currently helping me, but to be quite honest with you, I'm just swamped with everything. And I'm trying to have a balance in my life that, and I think adding one more thing to what I already have going on at the moment, um, is, is just, it would be a bit too much, you know, at the, at the, at this time. Mm -hmm. Um, but now, I mean, there are new things that are coming out. Like there's new ways now of, um, actually having e-commerce and maybe that might be more what I can look at. You know, there's now ways you can attach it to your Facebook or there's other ways. And maybe that might be something that would be a better fit for me. Maybe there's a reason I don't have, it's just that because I, my products change constantly, mm -hmm. like I, I am not, I am not a person who has, except for some really quality lines like I have, like Willow Tree and some of my candle lines, like 1803 Soy Candles, Country Home Candles, Crossroad, those all, you know, my quilt companies, they all stay the same. Everything else is constantly changing mm -hmm. week to week, day to day, to be honest. 
And I, you know, I, I find a website if it's not kept up, if it's not, I guess I'm one of those people who I don't do something unless I feel I'm going to be able to do it well. And I think that that's just always been something in the back of my mind that I haven't had the time for. Mm-hmm. Especially being like a gift and home decor store when things are constantly changing, you only have X amount of certain products and they're also seasonal, right? So they only last yeah, for so long or you only right. have X amount of products for so long. But um, I just know that like, because of the pandemic, like people were wondering, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? Because people can't at the time for the first lockdown, people couldn't come into the stores um, uh, physically. And so this is before, and we have to remember too, everybody that this was before the curbside pickup kind of started. Um, I mean that like curbside pickup wasn't even like a word, just like, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we didn't use like curbside pickup and social distancing in our, in our normal vocabulary. But I mean, like, it was just one of those things that people kind of slowly started jumping on. And then by kind of the second lockdown, people were like, oh, I have to get on it at this point. But that's why I think I kind of like and appreciate that you take daily pictures and you upload them. And I'm assuming it's all you doing the social media as well. Yes, it is actually, to be honest with you. I find it hard that to that uh, it's hard because you have to be in control of it. And just because, I mean, I want to connect with my customers and I want to be able to develop that relationship with them. And so, yes, it basically that's what it's me and it's me connecting with them. Now my staff will take pictures, like they'll help me with pictures if I'm, I wasn't there today. So now they sent me a bunch of pictures because they know I want them, things like that of something that they unpacked today. So we're constantly doing that. So yeah, uh, I think once we were, we were quiet for a little bit when, you know, to be honest with you, this yesterday was the first day we were closed. Uh, you know, last year, that was our first day. And this is our second day today, which we would have been closed last year. So we had a period of time of a couple of weeks where we were closed and trying to figure it all out. But once people realized we were still shipping, then um, they were at home and they started looking at our site like they normally do. And then they started slowly buying, like, you know, so we got busy with shipping, a lot of shipping, a lot. And that's what really kept us going. I was going to ask you, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. how the community and not just the community, but um, shipping orders, like, you know, kind of kept you guys afloat during the pandemic. Yeah, guess, it sure like, did, yeah. Were you kind of surprised about the community outreach and, and how well that they supported you? Um, No, no, I wasn't. And I'll tell you why. It's part, I've always supported this community. Like I have been really, really involved in it over the 25 years in the community, like, like even my social work background, I've always stayed sort of had a connection to the community. Like I've been on, um, just to get into that, I, I was part of the grassroots for CPAM, which is the Child Poverty Action Network back when it first started before it's even in the, you know, in the way that it is, we were literally filling snowsuits for families, for kids out of a closet. Like I was part of Bree families. I've been on the Ottawa Valley Tourist Association board. I was part of the first uh, town of Petawawa economic development board for as a, and represented retailers. Like, so I I've been very much in my community. I'm always giving back to my community, whether it's for the Petawawa pantry or whatever it is. So I think, you know, when you do that, I think it comes back to you. And I think that's what's happened during this pandemic is it has come back to me. Um, 
in ways you just wouldn't have expected because of that. Well, I think that this is a perfect segue into my next question then, Cheryl, because in April 2020, when the pandemic was at its peak, you actually started and created a pandemic initiative sewing handcrafted uh, headbands and masks and caps and so much more for local healthcare workers. And you, on, you actually also created a Facebook group called the Cupboard Helpers. So can you tell us more about this initiative and what inspired the idea? Yeah, so what happened, I basically went to deliver a quilt to a lady who during the pandemic, so again, I was telling you that I did uh, delivery. And when I knocked on her door and put her quilt there and stepped back my six feet, she came to the door with crutches. And I was like, wow, what, you know, what happened? Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, I hurt my knee really bad. I'm afraid to go to the hospital uh, because it, and she was a former nurse actually. And she said, I, I don't want to get it checked. I'm, I'm afraid to do that. But she said, my biggest worry is I've been making these uh, caps for the nurses because I think, I think they're going to need them. And I'm like, oh, I said, uh, oh boy. I said, well, I don't sew. I don't own a sewing machine. But what I do have is almost 18,000 Facebook people. I can put that out there to them, see if someone would finish them for you because she was worried about getting them finished. Within probably, once I put it on my page, within minutes, I had all these people popping up asking how they could help. And that is the grassroots of how it happened. We basically, uh, I have connections on, at that same day I was heading to deliver to another friend of mine who is a nurse at the Pembroke Regional Hospital. I told her what uh, about the caps and she said, well, to be honest with you, do you think you can make something for our ears because the, um, the elastic from the, the mass behind our ears are scraping behind our ears, could you make something? And I'm like, like, well, we could do like maybe headbands or something. So then we started doing headbands. And so what ended up happening basically is I coordinated the group of people because it ended up becoming a group of people. And we were making headbands for a long time. We did them for all of the long-term care facilities. We did them for Pembroke Regional Hospital, Deep River Hospital. We did send some to Renfrew. We did the long-term care homes in Renfrew, Pembroke, Deep River, Cobden. I sent stuff to Northbrook. We sent stuff to Toronto to a bunch of RMT people in Markham. We sent them to the Pearly Hospital for Veterans in Ottawa. We ended up getting uh, a donation from our local Petawawa Legion because when they heard we were supporting the veterans, they wanted to help. Um, we scrounged um, fabric from people who would donate fabric that didn't sew. We scrounged ribbon, whatever it was we could get mm -hmm. uh, so that we could sew. And we just never stopped for months. And from that initiative, I, we were actually nominated for uh, the award, uh, which was basically, I got to remember how to say it, the Upper Ottawa Valley Chamber of Commerce 2020 Best Community Impact Award, which we were very, very honored um, to uh, accept on behalf of all of the group because during the pandemic, we have not been able as a group to even get together to actually celebrate all the, you know, everything that they did for all of the essential workers. Oh, we also gave them to like frontline workers too, like Shoppers Drug Mart, um, you know, places like that as well. Anyone who asked, we gave them to. And they, just to let you know, this was all free of charge. No one, this was no payment. Like they, yeah. they were not 
it was all donated product. Um, we did get a few. Oh, we also did them for the food bank. Sorry, the food bank in Premark. We, I'm just trying to remember them all. I know I was trying to, I'm trying to yeah. say, I always want to say, Cheryl, like, who did you not donate them to? I was like, trying to think of who else, the food bank in Pembroke. Uh, just, yeah, whoever we thought needed it and approached us, we did. Yeah, so, and to be honest, we did some in honor of uh, some local residents too as well. So, um, like, we had a gentleman whose wife was in Miramichi Lodge and he wanted to do something for the people in his wife's wing. So we did a special headband for all of the women, uh, all of the, sorry, not women, all the, the essential workers in his wife's wing in honor of him, uh, of, who was a local Petawal resident. Just, and it made him feel good. And it was, it was a pretty nice thing to do. So, so we did other things like that as part of that initiative as well. Yeah, that what a wonderful initiative, Cheryl. And I mean, good on you for kind of pulling that together and and doing it right away too in April when masks were scarce. Like again, we have to remember that masks, you know, you couldn't buy them at Old Navy, like they were sold out everywhere at at uh, all of our local pharmacies. Like they were, you know, on back orders and I mean, the fact that you pulled everybody together and reached out to like I said, like you had said and I had said, you know, you're over 18,000 followers. Like um, I, I also want to know too, how many volunteers did you have? So I haven't counted them all in duty. I would say I had like, so I had probably two main people who helped me, which is Mona Hopkins and, um, oh my God, <laughs> Beth Smith in Pembroke. So they were two people that, um, which was really great because they're sewers. So they knew that part of it and whatever they would need, I would go get, or, you know what I mean? So but they were very were prominent. And then we probably had up to 20 um, other than that. So we had, uh, but we also had their husbands helping. Like I had uh, people in like whose husbands would drop the stuff off and put it. I had a porch box on my porch, which we still have. And we had come in and there'd be all the stuff would be in there that they had done overnight. Like people were working like crazy. Like they were working through the night. I think half them wow. to make these things. It was amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, congratulations is in order as well. I mean, you know, for achieving uh, the Chamber of Commerce's 2020 Best Community Impact Award and, and well-deserved too, Cheryl, because that was like, that must've been a lot of work. And again, like when I think back, nobody was used to wearing masks. Everybody was uncomfortable wearing them. They were, you know, again, like when you're wearing the headbands and you're trying to like, I don't know, I, I can't even remember like, because it was before the masks and they were trying to like clip them on to, like they're, they were trying to find different ways, especially women, you know, to clip them into their hair and stuff. And I mean, I just thought like, what a great idea, you know, to create, to sew and create headbands for, for all of our essential workers. But I also am curious, how many headbands were created altogether? We did over 2000. Oh my God. Over 2000. Yeah. Over like, uh, well over 2000. Yeah. That we did. What, uh, basically I, I asked each of the people to kind of take you know to keep track themselves so like we said we haven't been together so you know but I know well over 2000 for sure That's and then it. we did like masks headbands uh we did caps like you know there was all sorts of we had one lady making out of out of a I think it's like a circuit or something she was making the plastic ones that go in the back of your like, so we we also had other people we had people knitting the little ones and as well like <laughs> there's yeah, so there's a whole bunch of people that have helped. And I, I basically have kept track of everyone. Um, I just haven't looked at it in a little while, so I can't, it doesn't come to my head as 
as quickly, but yeah, definitely 20 or more people, I would say. Well, this is why you didn't have a website, Cheryl, because you were too busy <laughs> <Yeah>. being selfless. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. That's honestly, I didn't have time. No. <laughs> well, I mean, what no. a good, I, I say in the best, what a good excuse, you know, that you were being. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> I didn't um, have enough time on my hands. <laughs> exactly. Um, used in the best way possible there. And yeah. I'm sure a lot of healthcare workers really appreciated. But um, just to kind of stay on the topic of the pandemic, I mean, not only the pandemic that you've experienced, Cheryl, but you've also encountered some pretty big economic factors throughout the years that impacted many other small businesses. I mean, like I said, not as big as the pandemic, but ones that specifically come to mind for me um, are the drought, like was the drought in 2012, the flooding that we all experienced in 2017. And then the most common one is the constant rotation of military postings. And I mean, for you specifically, losing the constant rotation of, of military postings and, and losing valuable frequent customers. So how have you continued to persevere through all these challenges? Um, I guess the biggest thing is I love what I do. And that's the biggest thing. I just love it. I love making people happy. I love buying and, and getting and helping people decorate their homes and picking out these items. And it's still, I just still absolutely love it. So I guess that's what kind of has, you know, made me persevere and just keep doing it. And I guess that's what I'd have to say, because I think you'd have to love it to get through all this, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I work hard. I work really hard as well. I, and I have a very supportive family and a supportive community. Uh, and I'm really involved in other things. I also, um, one thing I hadn't mentioned, but over the years, but um, we had a local women in business group that I, uh, it was actually, um, um, I didn't facilitate it initially. It was Eileen Millette from, uh, from basically at, uh, uh, Custom Drapery. So she was our original sort of mentor. And we were a group of entrepreneurs that would meet on a monthly basis. At, there was a point like about, uh, and that was from earlier on. So at a point after about 10 years, she was getting tired and stuff. And I ended up taking it over. My mom, who's Gloria Neville, uh, who's also an independent woman in Petawawa, she ended up um, working with me. And we ran a women in business group for probably another 10 years. And so those were, those ladies were really important. Those other entrepreneurs were really important to the support I got as a small business. We supported each other through um, all sorts of different things. And, um, you know, unfortunately that group no longer is to be. I ended up having a, a, a health crisis in 2016 at the very end there where I had cancer. And so that kind of, I kept it up for another year. And then after that, I kind of thought someone else should take over when I was still kind of going through, um, I guess, trying to, to get my strength back and stuff like that. And, uh, but now looking back on the pandemic, I wish that group was still there because I still, I feel like, you know, we're all independent. We're all alone, many of us out there. And, uh, you know, maybe, you know what it is, maybe this podcast and what you're doing, Holly, is great for bringing all these women together. And I've seen a lot of other things that you're doing. So you're this new generation of women in business who are pulling together women, making them feel good, doing what you can for them. And, uh, you know, I think lifting everyone up. And I think it's great. I think it's awesome. I, 
I want to be more involved right now, but uh, just seeing what you're doing is just truly amazing because that's something that I can remember that spirit that I had. And um, I think we need this, like you said, it's really, really necessary during the pandemic as young as entrepreneurs, because it's a very, very lonely if you're not feeling support. Mm -hmm. uh, it can be that way. And I've been there, I've known what that's like. So it's very important to, uh, to keep, to pull together. It really is. Well, thank you for saying that first off, Cheryl. I really appreciate that. And I do want to bring to awareness because obviously, and I know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but you are the OG for a women in business group because now, uh, and again, if you're, if you're not aware. What's an OG? Sorry. Oh, ah! See, I'm out of it. I'm out of the loop. What's an OG? Cheryl, you're so cute. OG, what is that? You're the original. Oh, okay. OG. Oh my God. Okay. I've never heard that before. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to use it. I'm going to tell funny. everyone now that I'm the OG. <laughs> you, yeah, I'm so, writing it down though, because my memory's not good these days. Cheryl, you are too funny. But yeah, so uh, you are the OG, aka the original Auto Valley Women in Business Group because, and I'm going to invite you to this and I want all of my listeners to know, and I think uh, Jessica Curry and I have plugged this in one of our previous podcasts, is the She's in Business Ottawa Valley Group that was created by Ro Wusu, uh, Laura Hannock. I hope I'm saying Laura's name right. Oh, yeah, Laura Hannock, yeah. Yeah, Laura Hannock and, uh, and Jessica Curry as well. I believe she's a moderator on I the group. Jessica, yeah. Yeah, and it's called the She's in Business Ottawa Valley and it's a Facebook group. And it's exactly, I think, Cheryl, what you're describing, very similar. It's a way for women to interact. Uh, it's for business owners, entrepreneurs, anyone that's in business and is a female in the Ottawa Valley and, and people ask questions and share resources, you name it, like they've got answers for it. So I definitely encourage you to check it out as well as our listeners, because it's it just, it's a wonderful support group. And I mean, and it's online, it's interactive. There's, there's seminars going on and, and virtual uh, workshops and stuff like that. So it's just amazing. But yes, yeah, Cheryl, uh, just getting back to it. You're the OG that created this. So it's, <laughs> I should mention to you, because now that you say this about this Facebook group, I can remember we were, we were back in the, so we're in our women in business group. This is just a little story and Facebook had just come about and we were all gathered around a computer trying to figure out how to, <laughs> what is this Facebook and how does it work and how can we get on it? And we literally had a very basic face group, women in business face group that we started, that was just, oh, when you look at what's happening now, you, you would laugh, you'd go, really? But I feel it, that they should make you an honorary member. They probably <laughs> should because, oh my heavens, it was, it was something. And we've had to learn like literally like, you know, just like everyone else, it's social media is changing so much. We had to learn how to be involved in this. And, you know, we were pretty much self-taught because we didn't have other people who knew anything about it either. So there wasn't anybody teaching courses or anything. We were just like stumbling through. Oh, this, oh, this is interesting. And, you know, it, it, so it's kind of, it, we were pioneers, to be honest with you, of that, uh, of Facebook. <laughs> well, so I'm going to send you the link and I'm going to include the link in this podcast episode, Felice, so that other women in business can join and be supportive and share their business yes, as well. Perfect. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We're going to hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back.
The Town of Petawawa and the Petawawa Business Advisory Network are pleased to support local businesses. Small businesses are an integral component in vibrant, dynamic communities. By their very nature, entrepreneurs innovate, disrupt the status quo, inspire creativity, and promote skills development. Small businesses are the very fabric and rich history of a diverse community. Support local businesses. Check out shoppetawawa.ca, your one-stop resource to finding businesses in Petawawa. View promotions and messages connected directly to business social and shopping platforms. Help our small businesses. Shoppetawawa.ca. The past 12 months have been some of the most stressful and unsure times many of us have ever faced. A time filled with heightened emotion, stress, and a sense of unknowing. We were quick to pivot how we run our businesses and our homes, but did we take the time we need just for us? As vaccinations continue to be rolled out across the globe, there seems to be a new sense of promise that life will return to normal soon. Is your mind and body ready? Renford County Community Futures Development Corporation invites you to join them on April 23rd from 10 to 12 p.m. for some well-deserved R&R with a morning of classes designed to promote wellness of both the body and the mind. Classes include stress-busting techniques, stress-busting superfoods, tranquil home office, and chair yoga. Workout at work. And that's not all. As a bonus, they've teamed up with Wild Roga to offer a one free hour relaxation yoga class in the evening at 7.30 p.m. So as the saying goes, treat yourself and head on over to their Facebook page at Renfrew County Community Futures Development Corporation to access your free registration today. Namaste. It's Danielle Delaney, Ottawa Valley blogger and podcast host of The Mom Files. And you're listening to the OV Boss Babes podcast with your host, Holly Molinar. Um, so Cheryl, I also want to talk about you being an entrepreneur and a military wife, because not only are you a proud supporter of other male spouses, but you also hire them as well as connect them with community partners. And many male spouses can find it difficult to start over in a new town and find employment, especially since they worry that employers are going to look at their relocation history and, and might not be with their business long-term. I want to know, why do you in particular pride yourself in, in being a male spouse supporter? And what would you say to other employers to help them hire this overlooked talented pool? Um, I think the biggest thing is I've been there. I've been a military spouse. I've been where I had to start over and move to down to the middle of Nova Scotia where you have no idea or even to Ottawa or wherever you're being posted to. And I know what it's like. And I know that having a welcome face, I remember how lonely it was and how alone it was because you left all your family and your friends, everybody and followed you know, your military partner to wherever and without anything around you. Like, you know, you basically followed that man. And um, so I know what it's like. And so I reach out, I actually did it yesterday. There was a new spouse and her husband was in the store yesterday. And of course it was like, and where are you from? And what do you do? And do you have a job? And those are all the questions I ask. And I'm sure that they think she's really nosy, but I, I always ask them so that I can help them. And I told her, this is a safe place and a happy place for you to be. If he goes away, and you're feeling lonely and you need a place to go, come to the country cupboard, come and see us. We're all military spouses here. 
except for my family who helped me when I really need help and come and, you know, and just, I, just to give them a place to come that they can come and browse around and just know that they're with other people because it is, it can be really lonely when you move somewhere and you don't have anybody. And I, and I know, you know, that women, male spouses must think, oh, you know, how am I going to find a job when they see all my different um, careers and employment, but it's, it's those employers that not only take a chance on them, but want them to stay regardless of how long that they're going to be there for. And I just think that that's something you really should pride yourself in. And I'm so glad that you do Cheryl and that you promote that and encourage male spouses that there is a safe place for them in our community, whether it is to find employment at your store or connect them to community resources. Um, and, and just to feel at home, like you said, like, how great is that? Yeah. And, um, like I, like I said, I've had, I've hired all military spouses throughout the 25 years. I know they're coming and going and I'm okay with that. And I'll help them find a position. I've helped lots of people. I've connected them with other people. Uh, like I said, I, I'm very much involved in my community. So I do know what's available or maybe who they can, you know, where they can go. And I try to do whatever I as I can. It's just part of who I am, I guess. I just do that. So and just to let you know, I am hiring because I do have a spouse leading. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. That little plug there. That little That's, plug there. <laughs> yeah. The country covered is hiring. If anybody it's wants hiring. to apply. That's right. <laughs> I know we've discussed it earlier. I mean, we were talking about obviously your involvement with community initiatives and volunteerism and participation on local committees and you name drop a couple of them earlier. Um, but what local organizations and committees are you sitting on now? Um, uh, other than like you had mentioned the Chris Kringle market. I am only doing the Chris Kringle market at the moment. Um, I think, I think I came to a realization, like, like I was telling you after I sort of had that health care is that, you know what I, I was, I think at that time really doing it all. And I've realized I have to have a better balance in my life. I have to look after me. I have to have a balance with my family. Um, the store is extremely busy. Like, and there's, I think it's time for new ideas. Like, you know, um, I love being on these boards. I enjoy it, but I also think it's time for some new younger entrepreneurs to get on there and get in those boards and see what they can do and do what I did back then. Like, you know, find your way and help out. And I still, I'm very involved in all sorts of things. I'll still attend all these things as much as I can, because I still love it. I love to learn, but I, I have really not kind of plus I've been on a lot of these boards and you're only allowed to be on them for four terms or whatever and I've been on them that many terms so you know that's another part of it like they you know so yeah yeah you're okay to retire from all these boards and committees and let someone else have a turn you've you've done your part now Cheryl I think so I think I've done my part I mean I'm not saying I wouldn't there wouldn't be something that would come up that would interest me that I would I would do but uh at the moment I'm pretty busy the way I am so yeah. And so I want to talk more about the country cupboard and let customers who have not been in your store know what they can expect when they enter your store. And maybe if you can also talk about the products that you carry. So basically, um, the main thing is we carry, we follow the, I follow the latest trends. I'm always looking for what's new, what's upcoming. What do I think uh, I would love? What do I think my customers would love? And I'm always, I guess I'm always taking a bit of a challenge and I'm always, I, uh, I'm always prepared to, to just try to see if that item is something that they're going to like, 
if a new trend comes out and I think, you know what, I think that's going to go. I, I don't kind of squash it down. I say, you know, I'm bringing a little bit of that or I'm going to try something like this. Um, we have some strong lines like Willow Tree, uh, strong candle lines. We have Brunelli quilts. We have, um, you know, I have very, a few lines from the U.S. and that's only because a lot of the country product uh, for the country shops or farmhouse decor is found there. So I pull in some of that. I try not to have too much. Um, but I also have local vendors who do all sorts of signs for me and wreaths and woodworking and all sorts of things like that. We have homemade honey in our store. We've had maple syrup. So we're always doing stuff. Uh, we have soaps. So things like that. So we're always, uh, I'm always just trying to see what I think would be people would love and I just go for it. Cheryl, I have to ask you too. I mean, this just, this question just popped into my mind, but your store, like it's jam packed with products. And I'm just wondering like, where on earth do you store all of your seasonal products? And like when you're rotating, like to get new inventory and like, is there even room? Is there even storage somewhere that we don't know where to put yeah. it all? Yeah, there is. <laughs> yes, there is. But you know what I've been doing, which was really successful during the pandemic. I've been doing lives. I really, I just took a stab at these lives and they did really well with my seasonal product because with, to be honest with you, I, I buy a year ahead. So when the pandemic hit, I had already bought Christmas knowing, thinking it was going to be this big year. And so um, any extra Christmas that I had, I did lives in January and they took off, like my customers absolutely loved it. So we were able to kind of really sell a lot of uh, after season product that way. And our customers loved it. And we're still gonna keep doing these lives. And as long as people like them, we're gonna keep it up. We're gonna try it. Like, you know, no harm in trying. Now, and it's funny that you say live. So for those that don't know what Cheryl's talking about, guys, she's talking about Facebook lives. Yeah, and Cheryl, you get like all up in your lives too. Like you're, uh, like, I remember seeing you, you're you're decking out the buffalo plaid you've got your antlers on like at, at, at christmas time like you're you match your store so well when you're doing your lives and you're like hi guys it's cheryl from the country cupboard and this is what we have and i just always loved and enjoyed watching them we've gotten a lot of really good response from our customers they absolutely love them so hey that's the thing you got to do what your customers want you to do absolutely. if they want lies if they want lies, man, let's give them live. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love, and obviously the customers all love too, that you get right in the spirit. Um, but Cheryl, I want to talk about the barn stars. Like guys, if you live in Petawawa specifically, you know what we're talking about because at one point, every second home had a prominent barn star mounted somewhere on the front of their house. And they're still very popular. Can you tell us though, what the history is behind the barn stars and why do you think that they became so popular? Well, to be honest with you, back in 1996, when I was uh, starting my store, I went to Pennsylvania to get, uh, to get some decorative painting lessons from a lady down there. And when we went to Pennsylvania, all down in uh, Lancaster Way, the stars were all over, the, all over these houses everywhere. So that the same question I asked then was, what are these stars? And basically what they are is they're a good luck omen. The Amish 
this is all Lancaster County is all Amish. And they would put them on their homes or their barns to bring good luck to their home, to their barns so that they would have, uh, their fields would, you know, grow their, you know, their farm would flourish basically. So it was a good luck charm. They would make it out of scrap metal that they would get, you know, from their roofs and stuff uh, or whatever. And they would piece these stars together and grommet them. So when I first started bringing the stars back in 96, my husband used to have to put the grommets together and put them together. I'd bring them home and he would be putting them together. Now, of course, they become so popular that they're all hinged together and we don't have to do that, thankfully. But you're right. I, I feel like I should have been McDonald's and counting how many barn stars I sold, you know, had that big sign out said so many barn stars sold here, like or whatever, because we have been selling them year after year after year. Crazy. You yeah, you should have. And <laughs> it's funny because like when I think back, like during the pandemic and everybody like the original, like um, the original first lockdown, when everybody was outside walking along the streets and they were looking at houses and stuff like, I mean, at least I was doing that with my husband and my daughter, but we were looking at, you know, how many for sale signs were on houses. Like that was our like so-called game. And then our next one was like, it's so sad. Like the things that we did for entertainment. <laughs> And then the second one was like, how many welcome signs are like on people's front porches and stuff like that. But I mean, back in the day, like it would have been how many barn stars can you see? Like, um, there's lots, there's lots of things out there, uh, lots of myths about them. But that basically is it. They're a good luck charm. They're good luck for your home. And it's meant to make you, you know, make it a happy home. That It's all, all good stuff. There are lots of rumors out there about other things. That I've heard over the years, but uh, that is the, the reason for the burn stars. So Cheryl, there are more and more gift and home decor stores popping up as well as home businesses creating custom signs and candles and wreaths and so much more. But what do you think sets the country covered apart from all these other stores or home businesses? Well, I think personally, it would be because of our personal experience that we're going to offer you when you're coming in the door. My biggest thing uh, with my staff and, and myself is that you come in and not only feel welcome, but you are welcomed. I've gone in stores before where I've walked all around and no one has said anything to me. I never ever wanted to be like that. I always want people to be welcomed into our store to let people know that we're very happy to be there, that we're happy to have you there. I mean, we have product in there and that comes after, like if you're not feeling welcomed, if you're not feeling like this is, you know, people want you there, then you're gonna leave and you're not gonna feel good. And we don't want that. So we want you to come in and feel like you're going to get the help you need, um, that we're going to help you choose that, you know, things that you might want. We try to be um, not pushy and just like, what, what is it that you need so we can help? And I think that's the big thing that, uh, that and we try to even do that over social media, that people feel that, that same feeling uh, when I connect with people over social media that, you know, we're here for you and that we develop more relationship than anything. That's basically it. Well, and the country covered is here to stay and not going anywhere anytime soon because on May 13th, you guys are celebrating your 25th year in business. Yay! And, which is so exciting. exciting. I, I know. know. <laughs> I know, eh? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like in 2016, when you guys celebrated your 20 years, you made a very generous charitable donation to the Angel Whispers campaign at Chio. Um, which is again, Cheryl, so selfless and so amazing. But 
can you tell us first a little bit about that campaign and why you chose uh, the Angel Whispers and why you wanted to commemorate the special milestone that way? Uh, to be honest with you, believe it or not, around that period of time, I had three staff who had had babies. They were all pregnant at the same time, if you can believe that. And one of our, one of my staff, um, who was not supposed to have any children, uh, she, I actually hired her to replace someone who was going on maternity. And she was saying, I sort of mentioned that. And she's like, well, don't worry, I can't have children. And then what ended up happening is she <laughs> became pregnant. We used to think maybe it was in the water, but anyhow, and uh, she had her baby very early. She had her, and um, to be honest with you, we, we considered her a little angel that she, that they were able to have this child and that they were able to, um, you know, she came in the world very early, but you know, she's actually now thriving like you wouldn't believe. But at the time it was just, it, you know, it, she was in Chio at the time for a period of time. And anyways, so the angel whispers, we found out about that from that whole experience. And that was why at that time a donation was made to the angel whispers because of that whole experience and the family and everything they did for them. So, and what they have done actually for, you know, the Chio in for my son years ago too, as well. But uh, so it was more for that reason for, you know, in honor of the babies, we actually had a picture taken with all the children and that on the porch. And yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, it was, a, it just, a lot of the times the things I, I get involved in are based on the present experience, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what that was all about. That's so special. And I'm so happy mm. to hear that there is a happy ending to that story. I was holding yes. my fingers crossed. Like, yeah, the baby would be now. Okay. So that was 2016. Like, I don't know how old she is right now, but yeah. 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 Five or six years old. That's amazing. Yeah, That's she, yeah, she is. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. Is that staff still with you too? Uh, no, she's still, uh, she's actually a manager at another uh, retail place right now. So good for her. Oh, that's and, awesome. uh, yeah, so that's good. Yeah. Well, Cheryl, you have to tell us now, what big plans do you have for your 21st and your 25th anniversary? So to be honest with you, you know, it kind of with everything going on and we really don't know what to expect. Basically what we're going to do is just do what we can for our customers and do some lives around our 25th. So we'll be doing some exciting things around that and connecting with uh, customers. We don't know. I mean, we can't be inviting all these people into these big events mm -hmm. because I don't think that's a smart or safe thing to do. So what we're going to do is just do what we can and try to come up with some fun events so that uh, we can keep, you know, celebrate the 25th and just be around for a long time to have more. So that's basically it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure whatever you do, it'll be It'll be memorable and fun. And I'm sure that our community will partake and support you in any way possible. Thank you. So Cheryl, you have to tell us too, we're going to wrap this up, but we want to know what happens when you retire? Like, uh, do you have a succession plan for someone to take over the business? Do you plan to eventually sell? Right now, I still love it. I'm still really involved. I'm healthy. So as long as all those things are in place, I think, you know, I'll just I'll just keep doing it. And then maybe something will happen that will help me figure it out. But right now I don't have any sort of, I mean, I have, I don't want to work till I'm 80 or anything like that, but I mean, I don't really know where, where it's going to end or whatever, but uh, I'll just keep going for now. 
<laughs> figure it out when it comes along. Well, you're celebrating 25 years. I mean, what the hell? What's another yeah, 25 what more, hell? right? Yeah, it's all gravy <laughs> after this. <laughs> oh, fantastic. All right, Cheryl, we're going to move into my fan favorite, the Rapid 10. Are you oh, ready? Okay, let me have a drink first. <laughs> pour, the, pour yourself a glass of wine. I'm not really sure what I'm up against here, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, so the first question, do you think buffalo plaid will ever go out of style? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, is it a gnome elf or gnome Santa? Gnome. What product is a bestseller? What product? Yeah. Uh, candles. Oh, I can believe that. And you have tons of them. Mm -hmm. Do you have a barn star at your house? Yes, many. <laughs> <laughs> what do you use most to promote products? Facebook or Instagram? Facebook and I'm new to Instagram. I do a little bit, but I'm not as, I don't know as much as I'm, I'm always learning on that. one. Well, I have to ask you now, Cheryl, I mean, you're big on the Facebook lives, but have you ever tried creating an Instagram reel? No, that's my new one. I'm going to learn how to do that. Well, I'll be watching for that one. Okay. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> What's your favorite candle scent? Shoe fly pie. That one sounds yummy. Mm -hmm. Would you ever consider taking part in any virtual vendor markets? Yes, I hope to. Once I figure it out. Yeah, we hope so too. We wanted yeah, to get I you on our vendor virtual market. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was too late to figure it all out. I need I need a bit more time to figure out what I have to do. All right, Cheryl. And my final question, I know that there's a lot out there, but what's one local business you think everybody should know about? I, I would say someone who I'm really proud of, who I would say Beyond Nutrition in Petawawa, Remy from Beyond Nutrition, uh, absolute sweetheart. And you know what, just... Just amazing doing whatever she can for, for Petawawa and for her business. I would say, yeah, the, talk to Remy. She would be great. Fantastic. That's a new one yeah. that we haven't heard of yet. So I'm sure Remy okay. will appreciate it. And it's good for everybody else to know about Beyond Nutrition as well. Yeah. So Cheryl, tell us, where can people find you uh, physically on location? And how can they follow you on Facebook and Instagram? So we're... We're located at 3221 Petawawa Boulevard, right on the main boulevard in our mustard colored house, which stands out. So um, don't pass us by, come on in and have a peek. Uh, we're also on Facebook uh, under the country covered or URL uh, www.facebook.com slash country covered Petawawa. And then Instagram, we're on Instagram, the same, I think. Awesome. Well, guys, remember to check out Cheryl. You can't pass by her beautiful cottage-like house without stopping in. She is the warmest, sweetest soul that you're going to meet. Uh, remember to keep supporting local babes. And Cheryl, you are definitely still a babe. Never too old to be a babe. <laughs> All right, Thank guys. you so much, Holly. This has been wonderful. This has been so much fun. It's this like, is so much fun. Yeah. And I didn't even have to look at my notes. That's perfect. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, guys, remember to rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay tuned every Monday. I release a new guest every week. We'll see you next week.